Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 You are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a February 19th Sunday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer for BlazersEdge.com, sometimes with the Associated Press, former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. It is All-Star Weekend. There is uh, There was some news, uh, Blazers-wise, that has come out of All-Star Weekend. CJ McCollum competed in the three-point contest. Of course, he did not do well. He had a score of 10. Eric Gordon continues his uh, masterful three-point shooting season, his renaissance season with the Houston Rockets by winning the three-point shootout. Uh, Otherwise, All-Star Saturday night was pretty boring. I myself did not even really, I did not watch it. Uh, And I'm happy I didn't because it was, uh, from all accounts, uh, it was one of the worst uh, ever. So I did watch the Legends Brunch today. Uh, Always love the Legends Brunch. Uh, on NBA TV. Some of the Blazers news that came out was a report from David Aldridge of NBA.com that Jalil Okafor was a target for the Blazers, almost got sent to Portland, uh, but the Blazers have use of Nurkish now, so I don't feel the need to really dive into that that much more. Today on the show, the reason why we were having a podcast is not because of any of those things, but because I had the privilege of speaking with uh, Kelly O'Coin, he is, you may know him if you watch the show Billions, which season two of Billions premieres tonight on Showtime, and he is not only uh, great on that show as Dollar Bill, you may know him from the Americans as Pastor Tim as well, uh, but he's also a huge Blazers fan, so uh, it was, you know, cool connection, He we followed each other for a while, uh, and he's... Uh, really passionate about the Blazers, has some great stories about how he came around to the team and why he still roots for them and his feelings about the current team as well. And uh, talk about his career and how he he made it, uh, you know, from Oregon onto uh, the screen. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kelly O'Coin from the show Billions, which premieres tonight. And I am joined today by a special guest. Very excited to have him on. We've been interacting for a long time on on social media but i'm very stoked to have kelly o'coin who you may know from dollar bill as dollar bill on the show billions which is back with season two tonight and he's a huge blazer fan kelly what's up hey how you doing doing pretty good doing pretty it's sunday i can't complain i uh, know it's sunday and in new york it's actually 67 degrees 
It's crazy. Wow. It was. Uh, I think it was 38 yesterday, and it's going to be a high of 40 tomorrow, and all of a sudden it's it's 67. It's freaky. Weather's freaky this year. Yeah. But nice to meet you. Uh, not enough about yet. Nice to meet you finally, face-to-face, Skype-to-Skype. Yes, Skype-to-Skype, real uh, online meeting. But, no, it's, it's super cool to finally make this connection, and having you on is something I've definitely wanted to do for a while, ever since we started chatting uh, and ever since I started this podcast. You were one of the early adopters, early followers of Lockdown Blazers, so I really appreciate that, Kelly. Absolutely. It's great stuff. I love it. Yeah, and so Billions is back tonight with season two. Uh, stoked on that, and I, you know, with your character Dollar Bill, who's a very kind of aggressive type character, uh, who I, I thought was I, I I loved Dollar Bill the character on, on that show. I guess I'll ask right away. I mean, how, how yeah. does how does Dollar Bill, without spoiling anything, how does Dollar Bill <laughs> kind of develop this this season uh, as as we move forward? Uh, interesting question. Um, I, um, he does develop, uh, he doesn't, I, 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 I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that he doesn't, um, he doesn't become a better husband, um, <laughs> to, his, to his two wives. Yeah. Uh, he, he remains loyal. Loyal, loyalty is his thing. Not necessarily to, to the, to his wives, but, um, to, uh, to Axe and to the people at Axe Capital. He's, uh, he remains sort of a blunt instrument, as my wife was saying recently. I do my, my two main shows are, are the the Americans and yes. uh, and Billions, and on the Americans, it's very follicular. Uh, my Americans uh, guy, Pastor Tim, has this wig and it's soft and wavy curls, and he's such a sweetheart. And I'm sort of, I think the, there's some correlation between hair and and uh, character for me, because on Billions it's just shaved, it's blunt, and that sort of feels like what he does. Um, what uh, that sort of feels like Dollar Bill's character to me. Um, so I think he remains somewhat of a blunt instrument. Yes, the hair factor of of, of character. <laughs> I like it. I like this theory that we're going down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I'm very. I'm. I just watched Billions like uh, two months ago. We did it over like the Christmas time because I finally had some time to binge it, and I just binged oh, it yeah. all. Uh, uh, oh, cool. Loved it. Loved Billions. Loved the show. How is the how was the experience of, of binging that show? I'm curious because I watched it every week. Is mm-hmm. it uh, how does that uh, how does it sit with you? Is is it too much? Did you have to take a break, or was, did it have a nice flow that way? I think it had a nice flow, and I think I, it really did in that way. I wanted to watch the next one as soon as one was over because it's like oh. I, that's how I felt watching it in the binge style was I once I started it and got the ball rolling, I just wanted to keep going. Because it's so, oh. I I really enjoy it. If you haven't watched Billions, you should watch Billions. I, I think yeah. it's a very good show, uh, and also just the way that they make things like finance like really digestible for people like me, you know, or people like me like, having exactly, to say it exactly I feel right. What I'm talking about before I get on set, it's great. <laughs> we we learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's super cool, and I I really dig that. And you just had the premiere earlier this week, and it was your birthday, so <laughs> I mean, it was pretty pretty crazy week for you, I gotta say. So, man, yeah, yeah, it was fun. We had the premiere party and a screening of the first episode of season two on Monday, and then at midnight we were all still uh, reveling, and uh, and I turned thirty five again as I posted all over media. I'm I'm just I'm sticking with thirty five till I get it right. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then yeah, I had my and, and had uh, 
my Valentine's Day birthday the next day and was shooting um, uh, the day after that. So yeah, it's been crazy. The Billions is actually the first episode of season two is streaming right now. Um, I believe on iTunes. I should know that, but I believe it's on iTunes. And um, the first episode actually airs on Showtime tonight. And then after that, at 11, my understanding is that they're going to be uh, airing episode two. So if you're up for two episodes, um, you can have a you can make a night of it. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah a little pro tip for everyone: if you want to get a head start on Billions uh, and, and watch episode two, you can watch episode one on iTunes and stream it. So that's 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 wonderful. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Make so, it a billion Sunday. I mean, how how was the birthday? I mean, the birthday had to be a lot of fun to to be oh. able to with all your co with all the the crew from the show and and to have that moment. I had to be a pretty awesome birthday. It was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Initially, the party was going to be on the 15th, and my wife, who was dancing, she's a dancer uh, and a historical marine ecologist, which is sort of an interesting, such a cliche for all dancers. That they're always going into historical marine ecology. But anyway, she was <laughs> dancing in Los Angeles and couldn't get back in time. She was coming back on the morning of my birthday itself. So she was supposed to be at the party, ended up not being able to make it because it was uh, on the 13th. So that was too bad. But yeah, it was, we had a good time. It was fun having, <laughs> gotta say, it was fun having Damian Lewis lead everybody in a, in a round of happy birthday for me. Uh, as we were all, you know, we were all a little worse for wear at that point. But, uh, uh, as it does happen a lot of times with, <laughs> with, with team parties of that nature. Exactly. Team Axe can party. I'm just saying. Team Axe knows how to how to throw some back. Uh, so that we had a lot of fun. Oh, I, I bet Axe knows how to throw down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Um, uh, I, 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 yeah. I think. I think the Welsh know how to know how to handle their liquor pretty well. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and and so I I know you've been enjoying that, and and you've been working with on the Americans and Billions. Obviously, though, you're obviously also a huge. Blazer fan, I how, oh, yeah. yeah. How often do you uh, do you are you able to catch games? You catch it every night. I mean, uh, how I, with being on the East Coast, I would imagine it's not that easy. It's a little hard now that I'm shooting more because uh, shoot days can start at six o'clock and you might get picked up at like three um, in the morning. So it's a little hard. I tape everything. I've got I always I've got league pass, um, and. I'd say until this year, I was probably watching 60 games a year, if not if not more. There were a couple of years when I, actually, I literally watched it, uh, <laughs> literally watched every minute of every game. Um, but that was when my wife was out of grad school, so there was nothing else to do. And I, I actually like to spend some time with her periodically, so I can't quite. <laughs> But yeah, I watch a lot of games. This year it's been a little harder, so I'd say I've seen maybe, oh, unfortunately, only about a third of them. Um, and I have not seen, I didn't see Kukic's first game. I'd love to, uh, uh, I'd love to actually check it out. I always watch highlights. I always read Blazer's Edge. You know, I always read Jason Quick and watch all the highlights I can. I love your stuff. Um, so, yeah. but yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan. I'm a huge fan. And Craig Bernbach actually in channel, at channel five is a, is a great friend of mine. Uh, and I'm always trying to get him to tweet me information that, uh, that no one else has or text me information no one has. Um, but he keeps saying that it's not professional to do that. I don't, I don't get, I don't get it. <laughs> what the hell's up with that? Come on. You're trying to subvert the, the job there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like his position. I, I, he called me actually. I was, 
I was walking around the neighborhood and I was sitting on my stoop. He called me and said, I've been offered this job in Portland. Um, you, I know you always talk about how great your hometown is, but I, I talk about New Jersey and about how great it is, about how great it is, but I would never actually suggest that somebody move there. So tell me honestly, like how, how good is the town? How, how, how cool is Portland? And I was like, it's the best place. If I could possibly get a job there, like a job I loved and live there, I would. And um, so he claims that that's part of the reason he, he showed up there. So I feel in terms of reciprocation, he should feed me every bit of information that, that he possibly gets before he puts it out there. Come on, Screw the job ethics. Yeah, come on, Craig. You gotta get, you, I, I love Craig. Craig's Craig's a buddy of mine as well. And yeah, yeah no, he, he's definitely got to give you a little. You know, he's got to give you a little insight there. I, the, the, you helped him. I mean, that, that's like that's like a finder's fee. Exactly. He never would have met his wife Kendra. He never would have been out. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have understood how great the Blazers are. I, I feel like I made his life. I don't. Not, I don't think it's too much to say I made his life worth living. I, yeah. Hey. I, who, who, far be it for me to say, you know, the impact that that, that had on his life. So uh, it, it has been uh, for the Blazers kind of a tough season. So I guess I, I would say that other years it would have been maybe worse to miss to only catch a third of the games. But yeah. but unfortunately, this season has been a little disappointing. But but the Nurkic trade, I think, is good. And I think they're like there's going to be reasons to watch the Blazers the rest of the season. I Like even though it looks – like the playoffs may not happen. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you feel about this? I agree. Even though just a few minutes ago I mispronounced uh, Nurkic's name. Um, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I think it was a great trade. I, look, I love, I love Mason. Um, I'm really sorry to see him go. I'm, I'm, some of the most fun things to watch were those backdoor passes and his little reverse uh, alley-oops. And, I just, and he seems like such a great guy. Everyone loves him. But we weren't going to be able to keep him. You know, and he wasn't ultimately speaking. We he he was a very good piece, but we're not at a place where we can afford not to get like perfect pieces. You know, and I, I think Nurkic is uh, is arguably a better fit for us, and we get the first round pick. I mean, it's just it felt like a no brainer, uh, and it gave me hope. I was just talking to somebody uh, about <laughs> just talking to somebody about how boned the Blazers were. Um, this year, somebody just mentioned oh, yeah. that I hadn't heard that term in so long. It made me laugh, despite what we were talking about. Uh, and I texted him back and said, "Well, we're slightly boned, to, slightly less boned today than we were yesterday." You know, it, I think it was a great move, and and it gives me more hope. It it's been sad. I uh, I was willing to go along um, for for the ride, and and uh, it was a gamble to double down on the guys we had. I thought, but. Um, I, I was, I was hopeful. I'm always hopeful. Um, but yeah, I, in a way I, I kind of, I never want to say this out loud really, but in a way I think it's probably better if we don't make the playoffs. Um, uh, do we always want to just be an eighth seed and, um, uh, unless we get on some sort of roll and we can pull, uh, you know, uh, when the nuggets knocked off, uh, uh, what you who'd they knock off oh, the, Seattle back when uh, Seattle, yeah, Terry, that would be some karma. Just one thing to interrupt yeah. Terry Stotts was an assistant on that Seattle team that got beat. Oh, fascinating! I did not, I, I didn't remember that. Okay, so he's he was involved in that history, so maybe there's something there's, going on. Maybe there's a little karmic like yeah. reciprocation that can come with this. Interesting, universe, uh, yeah, universe uh, realigning in the proper way. 
anyway, so I'm babbling on, but uh, but I, I love the team, and I was hopeful. I still love the guys. I, I suffer from what I think a lot of Blazers fans suffer from. I fall in love with the players, and I never want to trade anybody, and I value them more probably than anybody else around the league would. Um, so so I, I, I'm glad that I didn't have to make the decision to trade Plumlee because I probably never would have, but I think it's a great trade. Yeah, yeah, and that happens. And, and listen, and I feel like that happens more in basketball than I think in any other sport is because yeah. you can kind of get to know them as personalities and yeah. and you consume them in a different way. And I, I was reminded of this while I was watching this morning. I was watching the Legends Brunch in oh, yeah. that they have at the All Star Game, Star Game, Star Game, every game, every veterans and and this year was they're honoring david robinson and like guys that i grew up watching and grant hill and and i'm like and it's just like they remember the history and i feel like blazer fans really i think connect with the history of their team more than i think most fans do oh i think that's true i think that's absolutely true i mean for a very small very specific point in our history was so uh, shocking and amazing uh, that uh, that it, obviously that's ingrained even with people who weren't alive then. There's something about that, like 1977 Blazer Mania. That's just uh, it was just so so unprecedented. Um, and then of course the Drexler years. Uh, so and we haven't had a ton uh, to be extremely happy about in recent years. Uh, we've had a lot of heartache, so it makes sense that we look back to some of those legitimately wonderful. Uh, eras and you have the the bill walton sports illustrated <laughs> cover back there uh yeah I, I mean that's a yeah it's a pretty iconic moment yeah it's uh and actually i was doing a play at la jolla playhouse about seven five six years ago and um bill walton came to the show it was a political play and uh he came to the show and so i actually got to meet him um and the woman who worked at the theater was through some machinations. I got the cover of my sports illustrator that I've held on to for years. I got it sent. I sent it to a place, uh, I guess his offices and he sent it back signed. And so I have the signature, which is awesome. Um, and it's, yeah, it's like, it, it's ridiculous. I have to keep it here in the office. I can't have it uh, above my bed. Like I want to, cause my wife's like, you know, maybe, maybe keep it in the other room. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I've been a. My first memory of the Blazers was when I was extremely young. My dad had the game on, and there was this huge guy who was dunking on everybody. And my dad was like, "Well, that's Larue Martin." Um, it, I think it was the last game of the season. He was like, "That's Larue Martin. He was our first round pick." I didn't know what that meant, but um, he was supposed to be our star. And if he played like this every game, yeah, we would probably be in the playoffs. But he was explaining how. The guy had never panned out. So that was my first experience with like a disappointing Blazer center. And then right after, <laughs> right after we moved to D.C., because my dad was in politics. He was a congressman um, uh, for 18 years. Right after we moved to D.C. in 19, early 75, the Blazers actually won the championship. And I was having a hard time adjusting to the big city. And the fact that the Blazers won, and I would I was able to go to the playground and wear my Blazers shirts, and they were all guys were like, "Oh yeah, oh cool, Blazers, wow, cool." Um, that was that was a big thing. It was like the, the, the like Bill Walton and Maurice Lucas and uh, Hollins all followed me to D.C. and helped me make my transition. And then the year afterwards, the the Washington Bullets won, 
with Elvin Hayes and Wes Unseld and Bobby Dandridge. And I was like, oh, this is the way it works, right? Your favorite team always wins the championship. Just, just follows you wherever you go. Yeah, I'm going to love this sports fandom thing. <laughs> that obviously, oh man, yeah, obviously it doesn't work with the Knicks. Is the... No, no, although I, I did, uh, as soon as I get rid of Mello, I'll probably uh, enjoy them again. But uh, I, I was, I enjoyed the Canby, uh, Allen Houston, Spreewell teams. And I, I like Pat Ewing because I went to D.C. when he was in Georgetown. And uh, and that was, you know, a fun connection for me. But yeah, yeah, it's hard to like the Knicks. <laughs> and it's hard to like the Nets who live just a, I don't know, a three-minute walk from here. But anyway. hey, but I mean, the Blazers, and I feel like Blazer fans have very unique experiences in that way with their team. And that's super cool that they kind of, you know, kind of opened some doors for you when you were a kid. I mean, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it did. And it um, uh, there was a playground not like a block away from where I went to grade school, and we were always there. And when the Bla- I remember so long ago now, but uh, I remember when the Blazers were down to nothing, I was getting a lot of crap. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure why. What the point was when picking on a little kid who liked a team <laughs> to all the way across the country. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I think it was more just like who's Portland? I didn't like half the people didn't even remember that Portland had a team, and here they were playing Dr. J and Daryl Dawkins, and um, you know. Uh, a team that that uh, was based only like 90 miles from DC or whatever it is, um, and then when they started coming back, I think the ne- the, the next games, the t- next two games, we blew them out. It was just it was a it was a thumping, and so everyone was kind of like, oh hey kid, hey kid. So who's this uh, towards it guy? You know who's this damn towards it? Is it- <laughs> Is he even six feet tall? And you know, all this—it was great. All of a sudden, I was the expert. Oh, so. that's super cool. That's super yeah. super cool. Uh, I, I know that uh, with the team going forward, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Yeah, I, I kind of want to hold on to the CJ and Dame thing and go one more time. How do you yeah. feel about that? I love those guys. Oh my god, I love those guys, and I love watching them together. Um, I think. Uh, this is part of the reason why I think the Nurkic thing is 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 um, a step in the right direction. We need rim protectors around them, and we need uh, some guy. We need defenders around them. Um, uh, you know, I, I wish there was a way we could get Oladipo or some you know some dude like that. Um, I I just I think it can work. There just has to be some finagling, and I. Interesting to see what they do with the three draft picks, you know, maybe even trading up um, the three first round picks, um, shooting for some defense, defensive guys and some um, some some change of pace guys that way. I, I don't want, I, I definitely don't want to give up on them yet. Um, and they, they dig each other so much, you know, they're, they're they seem tight. And that's, you know, that that's that's important. So we'll see. I mean, I do. I trust. I trust Olshay um, uh, because what other choice do we have? <laughs> but I do, uh, and and he keeps uh, coming up with interesting, um, interesting trades and consolidations. I, I, yeah, I yeah, you, I'm stumbling. Obviously, I, I want to keep them together though. I I, I I like those guys, and I mean, come on, CJ, he's he's really taking the league by storm this year. It'd, it'd be a shame to see him turn into. Uh, the all-star he's going to be with some other team. It, it would have like a lot of Jermaine O'Neal feelings, it? I think. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that still hurts. Yeah, definitely a feeling that that we know around here. But uh, you know, any, anything else with with regards to you know what's going on career wise? I wanted to ask you a question about how you kind of got your start because we talked about it a little bit off air. Now oh, sure. you were you were you were doing plays in Portland, right? Uh, and then you kind of worked your way from there to where you are now. Right. Yeah. I actually, um, after I, uh, it had been a long time since we lived in Oregon and I was, uh, I went to school at Oberlin in Ohio. And after I graduated, I had a, I had a Volkswagen bus and I just, I, I had to plan to drive around the country and drop off headshots and resumes at regional theaters around the country. And I thought it would be fun and, um, uh, maybe an interesting way to land somewhere. And I ended up running out of money in Portland, which was fortuitous. Um, and I stayed in an apartment, um, and worked at the Schnitzer steel mill for a month to get enough money to get back. And while I was there, I was in the, the recycling, uh, end of, of, uh, uh, area of the steel mill. And while I was there, I auditioned for a couple plays, and I got into one at the Storefront Theater, which is now defunct. It was a Sam Shepard play. And I, the director told me later that um, she knew she was taking a risk because she'd never heard of me before. She didn't know me, and I was going to be driving back to D.C., and I just she cast me on the promise that I would somehow drive back to uh, Oregon in four months and do the play. And um, she said she was slightly shocked that I actually showed up. <laughs> um and then I did another play after that, and then I was at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival for two seasons. Uh, then I went to L.A. to be with my wife, who was dancing. After about a year and a half, we moved to New York. Uh, she decided to make the move first because th- there was a limit to how much you could do as a modern dancer in Los Angeles if you didn't want to do David Lee Roth videos, which dates me. Um, and uh, we've been in New York for about 20 years now. So, awesome. yeah. Yeah. It was mainly theater for a long time with with little bits of TV here and there. And the last six years or so, um, TV's been uh, uh, definitely picked up for me. And so TV is is much bigger in New York than film. Like film is not not happening really that often in New York compared to theater and TV. There's a lot of film here. Um, it's, but nothing compared to Los Angeles, like New York now. And I don't know specifically the numbers, but with TV, there's, there's just, there's just a lot. And they, they look for theater actors. They look for, uh, uh, they, they understand that they have this wealth of talent that, that they can tap into this, this huge well. Um, and, um, and generally speaking, the shows that shoot in New York uh, are uh, in, are part of that shorter sort of European model where there are eight to thirteen episodes as opposed to twenty to twenty five, mm-hmm. um, and that's great too because it keeps you open to do theater. Um, they won't most of the time they won't guarantee if if it's if you're doing a show a play and a TV show at the same time the the, the TV show won't guarantee your seven o'clock curtain call. Um, but they'll make every effort uh, to get you there. They they try to work with with people, um, with the actors. So it's it's just it's just a it, it's a good mix right now. And there is so sorry that wasn't your question, but yeah, there there is there is film. It's just not as prevalent. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got a movie called Drunk Parents coming out, uh, Salma Hayek and 
uh, Alec Baldwin, and I have a few scenes in that. Uh, and there was a Bernie Madoff film with uh, De Niro uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer, and I'm playing the guy who actually finally caught him and brings him in, and I put Robert De Niro in handcuffs, which was the most terrifying moment of my life. Um, oh, my God. I yeah. would be so scared to put Robert De Niro in handcuffs. <laughs> He was so quiet and calm, and when he turned and looked at me when I did it, I was like, oh, this is where I die. But at least I die at the hands of one of the greatest actors of, <laughs> in American history. Right, exactly. The retro- record scratch freaks frame. Yes. Moment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm probably wondering how I ended up here. Yeah. But no, that, I mean, that, that's definitely one of those moments. Uh, that's that's great. Uh, yeah. So obviously, those that's like a definitely a pinch me moment, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, how often does that after being in it for uh, as long as you have now, I mean, do you still, you still get those moments like De Niro? I mean, that happened very oh, yeah. recently. Yeah, I do. I have lots of pinch me moments. Um, I did, this was a little while ago now, but I did, uh, Julius Caesar on Broadway and I was playing Octavius Caesar and, uh, Denzel Washington was playing Brutus and, um, my character had a couple confrontations with him and I was such, I was playing him very much like a, I was such a brat. Um, and I just had these, which was good because it at least gave me something forceful to do while we were face to face because it's an intimidating dude. Um, he's a great guy and he was wonderful in the show, but, uh, but I was just like, Oh my God, that's Denzel Washington. So if I had had to just have a normal conversation with him, I think I, I would have, uh, it would have been difficult to get past my my nervousness. Um, so being kind of a, you can bleep this, but being kind of a dick uh, gave me something more forward to use, a forward energy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it was that was definitely. I, I still get, I'm still affected by that. Yeah, oh, totally. And when you approach different characters, I mean, do you how do you do you change your approach differently with different characters or do you kind of all approach each role in the same way? Cuz I was always curious about that from your perspective cuz you're obviously I mean the point you made about your character on the Americans and right. Dollar Bill being so different, I mean, how do you or and playing people in ancient Rome and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. that's that I mean, how do you approach that? Is it kind of do you take the same approach or or change it up based on the role? Good question. Uh, I think I think it's it's similar in the sense that there's there always seems like there's a physical element to it, and it's like where uh, and some sometimes I think it's only semi conscious, but um, I read I, I read the script over and over again and 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 get to the point where you don't have to think about the words, and at that point something starts to happen, like the way I'm holding my mouth or my jaw. Or uh, the way I walk, uh, or or even just the way you meet someone's eyes or don't that just that seems to have started to suggest itself, uh, and then I try to follow that thread, try to follow that impulse, and see where it takes me. And sometimes it's uh, the, uh, the a dead end, and and but most of the time that there's at least a kernel of what the character will become. Like Dollar Bill, uh, we were talking about this I think before we started. Uh, the interview, but Dollar Bill's definitely a, a blunt instrument, and there's something about the way he walks. And I wasn't even aware of this actually. My wife was like, "God, you're strutting." It's like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Look at you. Let's roll that back." And uh, there was just something about this 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 cocky asshole <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that just seemed to fit. And uh, Pastor Tim is much more gentle. He's he wants to he wants to see what's happening in your brain and your soul and try to help you in your heart. And he wants to help people. So it's a more gentle approach. It's he's um, it's about creating a cocoon around the person he's talking to. Um, both of them are very, I've noticed that both of them are very, uh, uh, they stare intently. They look, they, you know, a dollar bill so that he can find an advantage and screw you. Uh, and, um, pastor Tim much more trying to read between the lines and see how he can help you. Uh, so that's, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a similar approach. Uh, it just ends up in different places, obviously. Right. Uh, yeah. No, that's very cool. Very interesting. So you kind of take the same approach every time and it just leads to different places. So I think that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's cool. And very, for me, I, I very interesting. Uh, is there anything else that you have going on that you want to let people know about, uh, in the, in the future here before we, before we wrap this up and, uh, where they can find your stuff and anything like that? Oh, uh, I, I'm hoping to do a play. I'm, I'm always off during the, the April to June uh, period and I'm hoping to, to do a play uh, here in New York. Um, I don't know what that's going to be yet. Um, look for drunk parents. I think it's going to be really, really funny. And I do think that, um, the, the wizard of lies, which is the Bernie Madoff, uh, film, it's going to be on HBO, uh, Barry Levinson directed and wrote it. I think that's going to be great. Um, I do. I'm going to be playing a character this this fourth season of Turn, an AMC show called Turn: Washington Spies, and I'm going to be on that for a few episodes as well. Um, that should be fun. Um, other than that, tune in to Billions tonight uh, on Showtime and on March 7th, The Americans premieres. So uh, yeah, check it out. Absolutely. So definitely go check out everything. I'm going to be watching Billions tonight and The Americans has also been on my binge list for a long time. So I do I will get to The Americans. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, You've got another season too. They've got we've got one more season after this. So uh it's not coming to an end yet. Good. All right. Cool. Yeah. Once once the basketball season or at least the Blazers season wraps up, then I'm, you know, then I can jump into more a little bit. But anyway, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. Kelly O'Coin everyone. Oh follow yeah, absolutely. On, follow him on Twitter at Kelly O'Coin seventy seven. That's A U C O I. I even though I said it kind of sounds Irish, it is a French name. I was told. Yes, yes, it's a French name. If you speak French, it's O'Coin, which means on the corner or at the corner. Which friends of mine love to tell me means my ancestors were hookers. So. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> All right. And on that note, I think it's a great 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 note to wrap it up on. Thanks Kelly for coming on. Thank you. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.